Hi, this is Jonathan from Lewis Jewelers. If you're in the market for a diamond, we can make the experience easy and stress-free. Not to mention we can save you time and money. As the general manager, one of my roles is to hand-select every diamond that comes into our store. Don't shop alone. Come see me or one of my trusted advisors and find the perfect diamond today. Where Ann Arbor gets engaged, Lewis Jewelers. Okay, welcome back to another edition of the Wolverine.com podcast. This is our TV version. My name is Chris Ballas. With me, Doug Skeen, Michigan's former All-Big Ten offensive lineman, unshaven, looking all <laughs> surly. And, uh, it's Thanksgiving weekend, Ballas. I'm- hey, no, we're not judging you. Uh, what I am saying is, uh, is man, you look relaxed and you look happy. And uh, this is this is the kind of team, this is what you expect I think you've expected all along the kind of effort when Michigan plays Ohio State. You want to see them play their best game with that passion and that hunger. And Skeen, I saw it in the pregame. I predicted that they would lose. And I'll tell you when I started to wonder if this team really had a shot. There were a couple things that I heard at the end of the week, and we'll talk about that in a, in a minute. But when I saw that team on the field in warm-ups, and they were going through it, and how jacked up they were, and how confident they looked, uh, to me, that was different than past years. And, and one of my colleagues said, oh, it kind of looks like Ohio State's going through the motions or whatever. And I said, yeah, that's wishful thinking. You can't tell anything in warm-ups. But there was something palpable, I'm telling you, that you could feel it. And you saw it in the way they played on Saturday. Well, it, Saturday and the previous Saturday and the previous Saturday and this throughout this whole season, I'll say it. I'm going to say it one last time, Ballas. I am so happy to be wrong about, about my prediction on this team this season, this game, and what you're describing in that pregame vibe that you felt that you saw um, in this game was so gratifying to watch because we talked about it in last week's podcast in that in this game it felt like Michigan's best players didn't play their best. And boy, was that the opposite uh, against Ohio State. Michigan's best players absolutely played their best and the rest of the guys that that are critically important, the other starters on up and down that roster, played their best. This was top to bottom, just an unbelievable performance. And I got to tell you, I I sat on this couch over here to my left watching this game with a friend of mine, and texting with some other former players at the end. I had a tear in my eye, Ballas. I had a tear in my eye sitting there watching that game, watching those players, and knowing what they did and how hard they worked. And I just brought back memories for myself. I'm getting a tear in my eye right now thinking about yeah. it. Yeah, I am so I am so proud of these players, what they did, and um, for that uniform, it, it means a lot. It means a lot to us former players. Yeah, it's a little dusty in here too. So, uh, but I got to tell you, and and there was something about it, man. Uh, after the game, uh, the relief, a the sense of relief, b and I wrote this in the column. Uh, I said. I wasn't alive. I wasn't around for the 1969 game. I think it was six months old, but this must have been how it felt where, okay, because they were such a, a big underdog. They were a bigger underdog back then, but you're talking about a team here with three NFL receivers and those guys are earned their money, uh, so to speak on Saturday. Those guys are good players. That was the only reason that this game was as close as it was, frankly. Um, but the thing about it was the, uh, you weren't the only one with tears in your eyes. You got fans everywhere. You know, it just felt like, okay, as Jim Harbaugh said, this feels like the beginning. And this is something that we've been waiting for from him where, okay, this is the kind of old school Michigan football. And it was funny because somebody said, 
oh, when Harbaugh talked about blocking and tackling, you know, he doesn't get it. And I'm like, no, 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 you don't get it. That's exactly what's going to win this game. The way that the offensive line played, the way that they tackled, uh, the way they played together, it didn't blow assignments. To me, this is everything we've been waiting for from a Michigan team in this game. Yeah, the performance, you know, offensively, obviously, defensively was, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that. But just offensively is, is, I mean, there was one mistake I really saw in there, Ballas, one that really kind of stood out. The rest of it was like, wow, I gotta, I gotta rewind that play and look at that again. Look at this block by this guy and look at this effort by that guy and look at the, look at the way this player performed on that play and Eric All with his yes. blocking. Helmet stickers. I don't think the kid's going to have enough room on his helmet for the amount of helmet stickers he's got because some of the blocks he had downfield in that game. But it was just unbelievable. And then, of course, on the defensive side of the ball coming into the game, we said Hutch and Ajabo got to get after the quarterback. And then, oh, my God, I had, you know, I had no idea that Hutch was going to drop the bomb that he did uh, in that game. Again, you know, the personal connection with Chris and, and his family and watching Aiden do what he did was just unbelievable. And uh, it's, 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 I'm, you know, at times I just sat there at the end of the game here. I'm just sitting here. I was just speechless watching this, just yes. the way that they performed. And it was so refreshing to watch a team. And it brought back all the memories of all the great teams through the nineties that beat up on Ohio state and the way they did. And, and you can describe it, Bows. You mentioned the, the unbelievable talent that Ohio state has all the NFL players all over the place. This reminds me of all the decades where we watched Michigan teams who weren't supposed to win, who didn't have all the highly recruited players, who didn't have as many NFL players, absolutely stomp Ohio State right into submission. And that's exactly what Michigan did in this football game. And Ohio State's guys are going to go on and make a lot of money in the NFL, and Michigan's going to have some too, uh, yeah. number 97 being at the top of that list. Um, but that's that's – it was so gratifying to watch these players play their absolute best. And at the other side of the coin, for the first time in 10-plus years, you know, Coach Ryan Day said after the game, they didn't play their best game, and they didn't. They had some of those NFL players dropping footballs. They weren't exactly completing the, the process of the catches out there on the edge. And their offensive line, who I thought was pretty doggone good. I've been watching Ohio State pretty closely for a month. Offensive line just got beat by our defensive line, men-on-man, one-on-one across the front. And that's what you have to do to beat Ohio State, who is the standard in the Big Ten. And that's why it's such a big deal to beat them. And now it's about you as Michigan being the standard in the Big Ten and staying on top. That's for next year to talk about Ballas. But now it's a little bit different. we got one more game to go clinch this championship here. But the performance, top to bottom, right to left, was off the charts good. Uh, yeah, Michigan football team, and it was just awesome to watch. I was going to say the standard Ohio State is not the standard this year at this point. It's going to be more for <laughs> Iowa, uh, and that's the thing. We'll talk about that in a minute. But one thing that you always talk about is holding in blocks, and I was watching it. Uh, you know, unfortunately, I watch football differently now. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> I actually give a damn about the guys. Sorry, I give a darn about the guys up front uh, and what they're doing and how they're holding their blocks. Eric All, you mentioned him, and I was going to bring him up, and we'll we'll show some plays, I'm sure, in our in the trenches. Uh, he was finishing his blocks, and on one of those first plays, I think it was a touchdown. He ran a guy out of bounds. He did not let go until that guy was on the gray there, and I'm like, that's what Skeen is talking about. 
And to see them run out the clock with the ball in victory formation, but not just that, when it got down to an eight-point game, and you knew Ohio State wasn't going to go quietly, everything that they did was a little bit discombobulated, but they still have playmakers. You can do everything right. Vince Gray on the uh, on the touchdown pass was in great position. By the way, that kid's come a long way, and we'll talk about him. But he was right there uh, to make play. The guy made an NFL play. Another yeah. guy catches a ball off a guy's back. You, you get it. That's going to happen. But they didn't flinch. They didn't blink. And they no. come back down, and they ran it down their throats. And Skeen, the way that the offensive linemen held their blocks, to me, was critical in this game and uh, one of the reasons that they won this one. Yeah, that was probably the main reason, Ballas. They couldn't stop our running game. They could yeah. not do it. Uh, the Stardust there, all Big Ten, he's got to be first team all Big Ten center. On the wide stretch, I can't remember what quarter it was in. It was either first or third, I can't remember, uh, where he did that drop the shoulder, ripped the arm through, and then did the old basketball box-out thing again for Haskins or Corum. I think it was a Corum big run. Uh, to break through the Stardust has gotten so good. And, and I was talking uh, again with my son and my wife, we're talking about the game and it's just like, we can go right, right down the roster and talk about you, know, you and I about us talking through these, these in the trenches videos and looking at the stuff back from September and then October. And it's like, this guy's got to get better at this. You got to get better at this. And this has to be cleaned up. You're going to win this game at the end of the season. You have to be able to do this. And we're going to turn these, these plays on and watch this game again and show how exactly these guys got better at these things. And I'll say it again, hats come off, total salute to the head football coach, Jim Harbaugh, his staff, Coach Sharon Moore, the offensive line coach, uh, Mike Hart, the difference in that running back group, um, night and day. I, I just think it's night and day, the way that, that performance group, uh, the running backs has elevated their game. It's It's so good to see and so good to watch, obviously. Um, but back to your point about sticky hands with Eric all, and it's, this is what you have to do. You, if you want to play championship football, you know, bumping and stopping and letting guy fall off for a tackle three yards down the field is, is good, but it's not great. And you start sticking your hands on dudes and imposing your well and putting them on the ground and putting them in the backfield and really knocking them on the ground. Now you're doing something. And Ohio state, man, early in that game, it's like you saw looks on their faces since yeah. I've been watching them. They haven't had looks on their faces like that in a long time. We ballast, we just beat them up. We just yes. beat them up. And then, yeah. and, and that's what happened in that football game. They, we, they could not stop that offensive line and that running game. And as long as that was the case, we knew that we had a chance. And then we just slammed the door on them because, you know, you can't, you can't block number 97. I don't know if it, it Obviously, Aiden had a lot of plays in that game that we're going to remember, but the one that I don't know that anybody's going to really notice too much, but there was a, there was a play where he did not get a sack, but he came in on a bull rush and he was playing on the defensive right side. Got a hand he came up. Came in on a bull rush and he took the left tackle from Ohio State and launched him into the air on his butt, on his back. It looked like something out of a movie. From the blind side, right? But Aiden was the one doing that to the offensive lineman who was trying to pass block him. It was, I had to run that back three times. Yeah. Like, oh my God, did you just yeah. see what he did to the left tackle? Yeah. And so this is, you know, those are why things, things, right? Why he's going to be, you know, top five draft pick, but that's the kind of thing any football players that ever want to play in that football game that were the Mason Blue, that's how you have to play to beat Ohio State. Celebrate the hunters. 
Hi, this is Jonathan from Lewis Jewelers. If you're in the market for a diamond, we can make the experience easy and stress-free. Not to mention we can save you time and money. As a general manager, one of my roles is to hand-select every diamond that comes into our store. Don't shop alone. Come see me or one of my trusted advisors and find the perfect diamond today. Where Ann Arbor gets engaged, Lewis Jewelers. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Please, God, don't let the lions take him uh, for, his sake, <laughs> for, all, for the kid's sake. So that's all I got to say um, about him. 15 pressures uh, on the quarterback, and poor football focus said that is the highest total since they've been tracking this since 2014. Yeah. And all of a sudden in the Heisman uh, in, in the Heisman race, and when you look around the country, I can't think of one guy who has impacted his team as much as Aiden Hutchinson has this year. If there's going to be a second defensive player, and I think he got in a little late, you know, but uh, he absolutely deserves to be on that list the way he's played. Number two, I remember a conversation that we had when he was being recruited and you were talking with Chris and Chris was talking to you and said, Skeen, man, you know, this is my kid. He asked you to watch film. He said, you know, can you play it? Can you, can he play at this level? And you're watching his film and two things stood out. His motor, number yeah. one, and his potential. Uh, he plays like his dad with the motor, but he's, you know, a little bit more physically gifted than dad. No offense, Chris, <laughs> but what a, what an unbelievable player. Yeah, I, you take, you take, you know, the old man there, Chris, you look, you look at the way Chris played and you turn on the old film, the motor was off the charts, yeah. but Chris is only 6'3". Right. And Aiden's just shy of 6'6", um, 275-ish or whatever, lean and just unbelievable. His technique has gotten so much better. That's credit to the coaching staff at Michigan has brought him up and the training that he's put in since he broke his ankle last year. But, um, yeah, I remember I remember Hutch calling going, hey, what do you think? And I'm like, yeah, this guy's got to have a Big Ten body for sure. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you never know, but good grief. I, I would not have predicted that he would have gone on to be one of the best pass rushers in all of college football by the time. But we knew the potential was there. And so I, I need to readjust my expectations when people ask, hey, is this guy going to be any good? And start thinking, yeah, he's going to be great. And then. My buddy asked me, hey, does Hutch have any other kids that are coming up through the ranks? <laughs> hey, there's still there's still time. <laughs> the clock might be ticking, but there's still time, Hutch. And so, yeah, uh, no, it was in a, in a Jabo on the other side, you know, Jabo, the season he's had and the way he played in that game and his speed rush and, and just in, and I would say Mozzie Smith and Hinton in the middle. We haven't talked about them a lot. You know, Michigan's defensive line gets talked about with the two guys on the ends. But those two dudes in the middle have very quietly had an outstanding season here, Ballas, in making it difficult in the middle and collapsing pockets toward that quarterback and making it uncomfortable 
when the backs of those offensive linemen are coming in their face. You've got to give a lot of credit to those guys. And, of course, Ross, another linebacker, uh, an outstanding game again. We can go up and down the list. We just, you know, yeah. who else, who, who do we have yet to mention? Michael Barrett came in on third Barrett. down pass coverage and was outstanding. Mozzie Smith sniffed out a screen pass and went to the sideline yeah. and got a, a back out of bounds. I mean, what a play. Yeah. Uh, it's, Morris, it's on uh, Morris with the uh, tipped ball there. It was going to go yes. out to the flat on the Michigan sideline there. Yes. Morris uh, sat back and read the eyes of the quarterback, got up, got a fingertip on the football. All of them just, um, you know, again, just off the charts, really, really good. Uh, yeah. uh, and what you got to do to beat Ohio State. That's right. Harrell had one, too. Uh, Jalen Harrell off the edge where he – the same play against Michigan State where he got blocked and didn't hold the edge and Walker scores, gets off a block and crushes a guy for a three-yard loss. And you were right about the faces. You could see it in Ohio State. They were flustered. Uh, and it started early with a bad snap. And then you had the five false start penalties. By the way, that crowd was unbelievable, electric. I uh, wish you could have been there, but uh, I know you were comfortable there in your, in your big uh, lounge, Barca lounge. Was, there. It was, I was in front of the fire. It was very comfortable. And yeah, comfortable. I bet it, it was. Like, it looked like Michigan Stadium was a great place to be, but I felt, I felt like I was there. Though. Yeah, it was amazing. But, uh, but then, and what you, another thing that you said with, uh, sustaining it now, this is not, okay, we beat, finally beat Ohio State, you know, and let's do it again in 10 years. As Cade McNamara said, the quarterback, he said, now we've done it. Let's not rest. He goes, this is, we finally got there. And as Jim Harbaugh said, this feels like the beginning. Now, he kind of said about maybe the season, you know, and things still to come. But you could sense it, too, that, okay, we finally figured out the formula here. And we've got a lot of good young talent here to do a lot of good things because the culture is fixed. And I don't care what anybody says. You and I have talked about this. Culture chemistry is the most important thing on a football team. Well, you can mix in all the recruiting you want, and we've seen Michigan do that, and Jim Harbaugh has done that in his time. We've seen all the numerous players that he's put into the NFL that are active today in the NFL rosters, all under Jim Harbaugh. But we keep talking about the special sauce and the magic ingredients into what makes championship football teams, and it is so hard to describe. And the only thing I can do is describe what I experienced myself. When you fill a roster and a locker room with a bunch of really talented football players, football players, Ballas, guys that are great at football, not necessarily athletes that happen to play football, but guys that love football. You fill a roster with those guys, then you mix in the right camaraderie, the right affection for one another, and how they look out for one another, and they push each other, and yeah, they get in fights on the practice field, and they want to beat the crap out of each other, and yet we're all pulling because we want to hold that trophy at the end of the year. And, oh, by the way, if you do those things, you'll still get to go on and play in the NFL and make a zillion dollars. But this is what it looks like when a team is helping each other up off the field. When an opposing player rips your helmet off, you have three offensive linemen in that dude's face immediately ready to rip his head off. Thank God they didn't because that would have been a bad thing. But they, they restrained themselves. But what a wonderful sight it was to see those offensive linemen. I think it was Hayes and Keegan. Yes. Over there in that D-back's face, like, you want a piece of us? Right. You got to go through all of us. You mess with one of us, you get us all. Just like the Kenny Chesney song, Ballas. And it's how it works. And so how do you develop that? How does a coach go out and recruit for that? Starts with finding guys that are football players that care about the team. And if you can fill the roster with those guys and you mix in some fun and a chance to go and do it all, all that there is in college football, 
the sky's the limit. And we're seeing that with this year's Michigan team. Yeah, I'm not sure who this Kenny Chesney fella is, but I'm, I'm going to take your word for it on that one. You know I'm not a country music guy, so no, you're not playing it on the golf course either. So maybe one, maybe one song will give you. I'll play so, it next year. Yeah, I can't wait. You're probably right when I'm getting ready to tee off. So you're not like that. I know that you're not into the gamesmanship on the golf course. All right. Um, I wanted to talk about the scuffle in the tunnel. Uh, I don't know if you saw the videos of it. I did. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, warms the cockles of your heart and I get that people aren't <laughs> going to like it but when they're going in there and there's some chattering and then they get into the tunnel uh you could sense they were up 14-13 in skiing it should have been a 7 or 10 point game okay they left some points out there dropped an interception they had an interception a bad interception Cade McNamara to his credit he came back strong from that uh, and I asked him about that and he said you know you put it behind you this kid's un- unflappable when it comes to things like that and but they're going in they're up 14-13 and that was that was number two where I'm thinking okay we've seen this movie before it's about finishing and they go into that tunnel and they looked like they were ready to just come out and kill somebody. And the second half adjustments were unbelievable. Uh, to me, that was another indication that, hey, uh, there's a new sheriff in town type of thing. Yeah, so, again, I, I forgot to mention Josh Gaddis and, and calling these plays yes. in this defense, along with Coach Harbaugh and that staff. Again, hats off to him for being able to come up with a game plan that really exposed Ohio State a little bit defensively, a lot defensively. But Ballas – was it, uh, it was the Devin Bush game at Michigan State. And we talked about a turning point for Michigan football under Jim Harbaugh. And when Michigan State and D'Antonio and the whole laughing and, the, you know, the pregame walk thing, and we talked about how Michigan had finally figured out how to, under, under Harbaugh, had finally figured out how to play that football game where you have to match violence with your own higher level of violence. And this game against Ohio State reminded me of that. And that little locker room scene that we all saw, where they're about to just get in a back, you know, back alley fight, um, was kind of what that turned into, right? It looked like the performance through the first half, and then that little thing in the locker room there. It looked like a program and a team and players, and it looks like some assistants and maybe some equipment guys that had just had enough yeah. of getting their butts kicked by Ohio State. Like this is it. This ends today. Yep. We're going to beat your ass today up and down this field. We're going to put you back on these buses. You're going to get your chicken sandwich and ride your ass back home to Columbus. And we'll <laughs> see you next year down there. And that it just, you just sit there and you just go, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. That's what it looked like on the field. And, you know, us Michigan fans and myself included, even in that second half, I'm like, Ohio State is so good. It ain't over, it ain't over, it ain't over. Mm-hmm. But late in that fourth quarter, I was like, yeah. We've taken the life out of these guys. Their NFL talent, which is well-documented, wasn't enough to beat an emotional Michigan team, which going back to January, like McNamara talked about, had just had enough of this crap, and we're done. And here we are, and we are not going anywhere. This is the blueprint for next year's Michigan team, and the year after that, and the year after that. This 10-year run of Michigan getting smoked and get our faces rubbed in it by Ohio State ended Saturday. Yeah, and now they got to keep it going forward. Uh, Mike McDonald's defense was outstanding. The way he disguised his defenses, two things. Number one, the, the signals weren't telegraphed, so Ohio State didn't know what was coming or when. And there were times that it looked like they were expecting one thing, and you see Michigan drop. Uh, there was one bad play where David Ojabo was lined up, I think, on a, on a running back, and that didn't go so well, or a receiver. 
I didn't have it well. However, the rest of it did. And we can talk about 396 yards for C.J. Stroud all day long. I don't care. He was going to get his yardage, and some of those yardage, some of that yardage was really well earned. But yeah. they had to work for everything, and it took some miraculous plays for them to keep drives alive. It yeah. kept a lot of four-down drives because they were playing catch-up all game. I thought he did a fantastic job. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline your boy night and day again the defense the multiple looks and and Stroud got his yards and those wide receivers are absolutely as good as advertised but boy he paid a price for it Ballas that kid was on the ground running for his life getting hit getting sacked his offensive line looked a little rattled at times dudes turning around looking at each other you know hands going up in the air you can just I you know having been there myself and done that a couple times I know what frustrated offensive lines look like. Yeah. That's what Ohio State's line looked like at times because how do you block guys? You just can't, you just, you, first of all, you don't know where they're coming from. And even when you do know where they're coming from, they run right around you or run right over you. And so McDonald's defensive staff, again, you know, I don't, I, the, the lowest grade, they all get A's in my mind, all yeah. of it for, for this performance. But, but what a difference in, again, previous coaching, you know, Don Brown, uh, the defense against Ohio State, and just sitting in there and letting Ohio State do what they do. The, again, just kind of characterize it as Michigan saying, no more. We are yeah. not going to sit back in our heels and just play this game tentatively. We are firing all guns. We are coming after you with everything we've got. And it showed, again, defensively. And when you can when you can cause a quarterback and his offensive line those kinds of problems and that kind of frustration, and when you physically just beat someone, it rips the football life out of your heart, Ballas. That's what you do to opponents. We did that many years ago to opponents. You and I have talked about it in our podcast about how you demoralize an opponent. Michigan's defense in spite of the fact that Ohio State was got all those yards, Michigan's defense ultimately did that to Ohio State's offense. And selfishly, oh, by the way, the special teams were great again, uh, just fantastic. And uh, and Jay, Jay Harbaugh, uh, helmet sticker to him. Uh, I mean, that guy has had a great year in that respect, and his tight ends played lights out on Saturday. Um, I this I kind of liken this to I was thinking about the Michigan State game when they're smoking their cigars in the locker room after the Michigan game and with Purdue coming up, I'm like, all right, they're getting beat next week. Now, you got another game coming up against the physical team. Now, this is not a good football team. This, is, I mean, it's a solid football team, not a great football team, not a great offensive team especially, but they are physical, and they're going to come to play. And I likened it to the 1980, the, the, uh, the United States hockey team beating the Soviets. They still have a gold medal game to play against Finland, right? And they come out, they're down two periods, and they come back and rally. But this is a big one. This is they still got a lot at stake here, man. They haven't finished the job. How worried are you about them coming back next week and not being flat? I don't think this team's going to be flat. Mm-hmm. I think they're absolutely going to run into a well-coached Iowa team 
Coach Ferentz has been there forever. His teams are always well-prepared, well-coached. They block and they tackle. They play football. And Iowa is known to try to do exactly what Michigan's team is identifying this year is just physical and we're just going to beat you up. And so it'll be brute versus brute. And this is the weird thing right now. In, in years past, the last time we did this against Ohio State, it was like, oh, we just won the Big Ten. Not yet. We mm-hmm. have another challenge here. And this is, so this is, this is something unfamiliar to me about getting over this hump that you've identified and all the signs in the building and everything you've worked for to beat Ohio State, but you still don't have the championship banner to hang. You have to go earn that next against an Iowa team that will be looking to absolutely wreck your whole year. And so I, I just – but, again, for all the reasons that you and I have talked about so far in the chemistry, in the visual, in the body language, I don't see a letdown here. I think suddenly Michigan has taken this giant step over its number one rival – and now we're looking over the, into the horizon at much bigger things to go get. And part of that now is this championship ring, this Big Ten championship title to hang in, in Schembechler Hall there with all the other great teams that have ever done it. And now you're into that playoff, and there's a chance you might get Cincinnati in, in the first round of it, and then you get it to go up against whoever gets out of that other side, which I think is going to be Georgia. And you just never know what could happen, Ballas. And this feels like the kind of team – that has the kind of players that are like, why not us? Let's right. go with this. That's fun, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Last night, uh, I had a glass of Charles Woodson Chardonnay in honor of uh, the, the honorary captain. He was emotional. Yeah. You could see it. I thought about a chicken sandwich, but I'm trying to cut down uh, on my carbs. It's been a it's been a long a long hard season in that respect, skiing. So it is what it is. But uh, great stuff as always. We will talk. Uh, Soon we'll talk before the game. We got another week, buddy. Another uh, another couple chicken sandwiches for you. We get to talk a little bit more, and we'll do Wednesday. We'll do our podcast. We'll do our breakdown of in the trenches. We'll go over some plays. Lots of good ones this week. But as always, appreciate your contributions. All right, Ballas, go blue. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over a 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.